It ain't the left side or the right side. Then it must be the fence side. Thank you, Soul of D. Welcome to another episode of On the Fin Side here with Kat and Paul. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. I'm Brian Cat NFL on Twitter, and Paul is fanatic underscore pick. It is day four free agency as we're recording this. Day four because we're not accounting for the tampering period. It's all nonsense anyway, and we hope that everybody is being healthy out there. Dolphin signed... Five players and re-signed another restricted free agent. But before we get to that, Tom Brady is no longer in the AFC. He's no longer in the AFC East, and he is with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Fantastic news as far as I'm concerned, even though he's 43 years old. He's going to replace Jameis Winston there with the Bucs. He's going to team up with Chris Godwin and Mike Evans and O.J. Howard. Hulk. You live up in uh, New England, so what's your thought on this? Honestly, I'm a little bummed about it. There, there's nothing there, – well, there's a couple of things with this. There's nothing better than beating the, the Brady-led Patriots. There just isn't. I don't care where you live, et cetera. Beating the Patriots with Tom Brady at the helm always feels good. We can look back at week 17 last year and give that the big old thumbs up. The fact that Bill Belichick, by all accounts, I mean, we weren't privy to the phone call he had with Brady. No one was. By all accounts, Belichick lost his faith in Brady at the helm. It aligns perfectly with what we said going into week 17 last year, which was... The way you beat the Patriots now is by having Brady throw the ball. So Brady re-signing with the Patriots would have been a good thing for the Dolphins fans as far as that goes. But the caveat to that and the effect that you can see right now is there's still plenty of believers out there in Brady. And without Brady, the Pats had a number of free agents, not just ones that signed to Miami that we'll talk about, flee the ship. And in addition to that, there are reports right now of a lot of free agents out there picking up the phone and calling Tampa Bay themselves saying, hey, we want to come there because Brady's there. So the Brady aspect itself doesn't help, but the residual effect of what that's doing to the Patriots does help the Dolphins because historically the Pats have not drafted well early in the draft. And so it's going to take them a little bit of time to rebuild. And that quarterback carousel, short of trading for maybe Cam Newton is, or Andy Dalton, is looking awfully sparse at the moment. Yeah, I, I, if I were to guess, I would say Andy Dalton or Cam Newton would be the quarterback of the Patriots in week one of next year. That's just an educated guess on my end because the Patriots are drafting 23rd overall. And I don't see... I mean, there's some talk about them being interested in Justin Herbert, but other than that, I'm not quite sure what they're going to do there at the quarterback position. And because of that, and because of the free agents they would they would possibly bring, that, that's why I think the Patriots overall should have worked it out with them, because they don't have Jimmy Garoppolo back there. They don't even have Jer- Jacoby Brissett 
They've got Jared Stidham, and nobody knows what to expect with Jared Stidham. Yeah, I will be fair on that. I do like Jarrett Stidham. You know I liked him heading into our draft coverage when they drafted him. Uh, he He's a guy that I do have a little bit of faith in, but again, it, it, he's unproven at this point. But it sounds like Bill Belichick does have a bit of faith in him as well. So I wouldn't be shocked if they roll with Stidham unless the right quarterback happens to fall to them uh, in the upcoming draft. So the Dolphins signed – Several players here in day two of, of the tampering period, free agent period. The first one was Emmanuel Agba. Two years, $15 million, $7.5 million guaranteed. He had his best season with the Chiefs last year after about 10 games, and then he got hurt. And he was with the Browns in 2016 to 2018. And our uh, Browns correspondent, correspondent on this show had the following to say about him when I tweeted at him. He's an excellent run defender, can collapse the pocket effectively. He hasn't taken that step of being able to shed blocks to the point where he can rack up a bunch of sacks. And he's never exceeded six and a half on the year. But was having a good year with the Chiefs before the injury. So this is an athletic freak. 6'4", 273, ran a 4'6'3". Uh, when he was drafted in, in, in 2016. So it seems like the Dolphins are trying to get bigger and better on the edges, and it doesn't sound anything that's good for Taco Charlton or Charles Harris. Yeah, Ta- Taco Bell and Chucky can, can, can take a walk as far as I'm concerned at this nice. point. I like the fact that they went ahead and they got some guys that are going to hold their ground at the point of attack. And and I'm tired of watching these guys take themselves wide, run around and open up running lanes, uh, whether it's on a draw play or a designed run play, because they're literally just trying to run around an offensive tackle and getting pushed outwards and, and 99 times out of 100 being out of the play. That is something that I think we're going to see change with the players that Miami signed here, uh, starting, you know, starting with Agba, starting with Shaq Lawson. And their their second move of the day was signing running back Jordan Howard, two years, ten million. And Paul, this is somebody who was number ten overall on the free agents that you wanted, even before we talked about really anybody. And this is Jordan Howard. He played two years with Chicago, where he ran for over a thousand yards in back to back seasons, and he was a part time player over the last two years, where he st- still had a healthy yards per carry average. So. Right now, it seems like the Dolphins have solidified their, their immediate need of running back, but still could be looking toward the draft, too. They filled their immediate partial need at running back. They, Jordan Howard is at his best and most durable when he's a platoon player. He's a very effective platoon player, but that does not discount Miami's need for a running back, especially given Howard's injury history. I still see Miami drafting a running back or two. I still see Miles Gaskin or Patrick Laird potentially playing a role. But Jordan Howard is going to be a very effective role player and is perfectly designed for Chan Gailey's style of offense, being able to catch the ball out of the backfield, being able to make the most of space when it's available. And, I don't know, not ducking passes as they get thrown his way. We won't mention any names there, but it starts with a B and rhymes with Balazs. Yeah, again, I, I hope Kalen gets thrown out kicking and screaming. 
But uh, when it comes to uh, Jordan Howard, yeah, he, he's somebody that pass protects very well. He, he's a good overall player. He's a one-speed type of back. But we saw last year, if you want to look at the Dolphins possibly drafting a running back in the second round this year, then you look at last year with the Eagles, Miles Sanders was a second-round pick, and, and he's somebody that had over 1,200 total yards with the Eagles as a rookie running back. And I think there are five better running backs in this upcoming draft that fit that bill. So he's a placeholder right now. But somebody who may not be a placeholder, in fact, Dolphins got him on a one-year $4 million prove-it contract is Ted Karras. Uh, I, when we're on the, this last show that you can look at after our first day of free agency, he was the only, only name that I mentioned. And I thought he would get seven or eight million a year over a couple of years, but I was surprised to see one year, four million. This is not the best a- athlete in Ted Karras, but he stepped in for David Andrews last year when he went down, started 15 games, was drafted by the Patriots in the sixth round along with uh, the other couple of linebackers we'll mention in a bit. But, you know, it it seems like a very good placeholder at the center position. It certainly is. And it it doesn't keep Miami from from going out and drafting uh, Lloyd Cushenberry or Cesar Ruiz if they're available, or Tyler Biedas. It it gets you a body that's in there now, so you don't have to go center, but you can go center in the draft. And if Karras works out and, and fits well next to Flowers, next to whoever ends up being the right guard uh, for the upcoming season, all the better. You can still re-sign him. He's not going to break the bank on you even if he does well. And he's an immediate upgrade over Daniel Kilgore. The only other one I would have potentially looked at would have been Skura after McGovern signed elsewhere. Yeah, and Dan Skura from the Ravens was surprisingly uh, – given a very low tender as a restricted free agent. He's somebody I would have preferred as well. Great observation there. Uh, On the defensive side of the ball, in addition to Emmanuel Ogba, the Dolphins seem to have acquired more linebackers with uh, Camus, Grugier-Hill, as well as Alandon Roberts. Two very interesting names because one of them caught a 50-something yard pass as a fullback with the New England Patriots last year. Yeah, Landon Roberts looked looked very, very good, and that's a sneaky under-the-radar signing. The biggest thing with these signings here is it puts a few Dolphins on notice. And one of those that some fans won't be happy about is given what Miami's done over the last few days, I wouldn't be shocked if Spiegel gets an offer now that they've given him that fourth-round tender. If Miami does allow him to walk so they can get that fourth-rounder, in in response to to him leaving, so potentially this this could be the end of a very pleasant experience with Beagle last year. Uh, somebody that does want to be a Dolphin, but again, it's a, it's a numbers game at this point, and they've got better players now to fill the role that Beagle did last year. So signing these guys may preclude the end of Vince Beagle in a, in a Dolphins uniform, and, and if so. You know, best of luck to him, even though I'd be happy to have him back for depth at this point. Yeah, and the Dolphins have the opportunity to match that, too. And if the Dolphins are looking for, you know, outside linebackers that can have some size 
like Emmanuel Agba, uh, or have some you know flexibility and twitchiness to them, like a Vince Beagle. And Vince Beagle can also play the inside linebacker position. I it's quite obvious at this point this is what Brian Flores and Josh Boyer are looking for out of their defense. So Adrian Colbert also re-signed one year, $1.7 million. This was a little bit interesting to me, Paul, because initially they could have very easily given him that restricted free agent tag, but they didn't. But from the beginning, a couple of months ago, this is somebody that we wanted on the team here in 2020. It is. He showed a ton of potential last year. He improved drastically throughout the season and really was a key cog down the stretch. And Miami still is a little bit fit the safety position behind Bobby McCain and Eric Rowe at this point in time. So I do expect to see Miami addressing safety in the draft. Uh, I know they signed uh, Federelm the other day who can play some safety and might be a sneaky good safety signing under the radar. But again, it's you need you need four or five safeties in today's NFL. Colbert and Federelm can play special teams well, and again, it's still part of that suspected death knell for Walt Akins at this point in time. So, looking at the rest of a free agency, you know there are not a lot of huge names out there, but. Based on who you talk to, so two names that stick out for me are the former Saints players, uh, guard tackle Andres Pete and uh, safety Von Bell. And if that's the case, then you've got the number five player on your unrestricted free agency uh, list there, Paul. And Andres Pete was tenth on mine. They're twenty-five and twenty-six years old. So hopefully the Dolphins can take a look at at these two players because Andres Pete played left tackle at Stanford for several years, and he played left guard for the Saints. So he's somebody that could certainly fit in somewhere when the Dolphins are looking for overall offensive line help. Von Bell is a very versatile player, can play that safety role, and a pinch can play free safety as well as can move down in that linebacker position and maybe cover some people too. So what else do you see out there as far as, as players that the Dolphins may take a look at? I'll, I'll definitely echo you on, on the Pete and, and Von Bell piece, but another one that I just keep flirting with the idea of is there's a player out there that I think Dolphins fans might be familiar with that if he were to buy in and come in at a decent price, to be a specialist pass rusher at this point in time in his career. Normally, I'm looking at, you know, the 26 to 28-year-olds, but I would kick the tires on the idea of bringing back Cam Wake to be a situational pass rusher. You won't find a more beloved free agent coming in to Miami than Cam Wake. And the fact that if used properly and situationally, as you and I pounded the table a bit more, over the past several years before he, he left Miami. I think Cam Wake could have a renaissance in that specialized role at this point in time, and I think he'd be a little more willing to accept that role at this point in time. Yeah, it, it, Cameron Wake I would want back on a one-day contract to retire as a Miami Dolphin at least. 
And if if he wants to come back and, and do it for one more year, it'd be a specialized guy, 20 to 25 snaps a game, then th- that could be a possibility. I'm not sure if he ever fit with Brian Flores' type of defense because if, as we've seen with these these types of additions here, with, with Shaq Lawson and with Emmanuel Agba, it seems like he wants bigger players that push the pocket from the inside. But I could be wrong on that. And and maybe if Cam, Cam Wake wants to have a one last hurrah season like Jason Taylor did, then that could make a lot of sense. But one last question, Paul, before we uh, we sign off with everything that's going on. There's word right now of Todd Gurley. He's 25 years old, and he's had MVP caliber seasons. He's had some degenerative knee problems as well. But there's talk of him being traded and traded for that salary, kind of like what David Johnson was supposed to be before the Texans goofed that all up. So my question to you is, if the Dolphins were to be offered by the Rams Todd Gurley and a second-round pick for a fifth-round pick. And and the Dolphins eat up that salary over the next couple of years. It should be $17 million next year and $5 million the year after that. But you get the 52nd pick in return, and you have six of the top 56 picks in the NFL draft to possibly move up for Joe Burrow. Is that something you would consider? Yes, Absolutely. It's maybe you get a little bit of girly, maybe you don't, but a little bit of girly is an improvement over anything we have today. And on top of that, the salary cap is going to climb a ridiculous amount over the next two years, each year. So that 17 million cap hit next year, whatever. That 5 million in the following year is just silliness at this point. So really, it's a very minimal risk, high reward position. And to have a little more ammo to potentially go up and get Joe Burrow. I know Miami's a rebuilding team, but I hate to tell you this. Miami goes out and gets Joe Burrow, the expanded playoffs. Miami's in such a good position, given the landscape of the AFC East now, to make their move beginning this year, not next year, this year and to make an even bigger jump next year with their 12 draft picks they've got right now that I expect them to add to and with a young nucleus that is here for a while. So, yeah, I would absolutely make that move. Yeah, If you get an additional second round pick and the Bengals are open to it, going back to what you, what you said a couple of, couple of months ago, if they could, for the swap, give up two first-rounders and two second-rounders, you don't actually lose your original picks in the 2020 or 2021 draft. And that's going to do it for our breakdown of the Dolphins' day two to day three to day four free agency period. A lot of stuff going on here. I'm Brian Cat NFL. Paul is fanatic underscore pick on Twitter. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. And if it's not on the right side and it's not on the left side, it is on the thin side. So, Ladi, take us home. It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the thin side. It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the thin side. Listen, Dolphins fans across the land.
and all tuning in to see what Brian Cat and Paul about to do again. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com.